Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos, and today, most amazing day, it is Leap Year Day. That is February 29th, and interestingly, I was looking it up, and it said, well, all people born, whether on the 28th or 29th, are Pisces. Well, yes, that is true. We're right in the middle of the Pisces month. This is the archetype. and But Leap Year only happens every four years, and that's our current system of the calendar, the Gregorian process of measuring our time. We are no longer in timelessness like Pisces. We have space and time. We are incarnated. We are people and bodies. Our spirit has made form. All of this is Piscean type talk. And on the 29th, interestingly, I was just in a study group today and one person was born during the year of the leap year and had many, many friends that were with their birthday. Well, I don't know about many friends, but she knew of people that were born on leap year day. And so I asked her, I said, well, how did they feel? Well, they felt alienated. And that would be a very strange and difficult thing, I would think, for a Piscean soul because Pisces is a sign of unity. Now, we are fragmented in time and space because my space is my space, even though I may not realize that all the time, but essentially my body is my body and each one of us has that body. And it is a matter of recognizing one's own space and boundaries and all these wonderful issues that we in our mortal being in this world live with. But ultimately, too, the fact that we are spirits incarnated and that is very astrology-type talk because astrology is the body and the spirit. And there's all these factors in the universe, and it in- incorporates all of them. And it's unity. That is the beautiful bliss of Pisces. Well, this show also repeats on March 5th. That's a Thursday. Today is a Saturday. And that will be at 6 a.m. And interestingly, I did ask the station, because we are broadcasted through a radio station here in the Bellevue, Seattle area, Seattle Bellevue area, KKNW, which many of you are utilizing because you go to the online format. That's 1150. That's the call numbers and 11 KKNW. And right at six o'clock, they've got that little button and boing, you can hear it. Or you go to the podcast, which is podcast one that is aligned with the radio station and you listen to the download so I was interested what what is our listenership because we function here like okay we're talking and we have something to say again and and I have to say today is the mercury and retrograde in Pisces so communication is the name of the game so it may be not quite so linear Pisces is a little chaotic it is everything but it does encompass for this purpose Mercury, which is communication. So somehow it's getting out. So I was wondering in the sense of communication, who are we really talking to out there? Well, it turns out we have a good listenership. I am so glad. I'm so glad for all of you. I do appreciate it. You know, tonight is our 99th 
program. It's rather astounding. Yes, it's every week, but still, the 99, we're finishing up our second season. For us, for Talk Cosmos, it happened to be that we started with Aries, which was, I think, according to the universe, a very fortunate timing because it helps me have some regularity of thinking about that. But the point is, is that we're finishing up. We have this and next week. Next week will be our 100th, which begins a new cycle. And tonight is concluding a cycle. So retrogrades are, in a sense, in, in every sense, a, a reassessment, reviewing, recalculating, any reword, and that's an English-speaking concept, because not all of you out there speak English as your native tongue, but that's the best tongue I can speak in, and even then it's a little bit dubious sometimes, but I lend, I go on word. As I do speak a bit poetically, I do have Neptune in the first house, and I must say I elaborate a bit. So the point being that we, this is our 99th, the conclusion of a of, of a good, wonderful uh, program. And next week will be our hundredth, and I'll mention this ahead again, but I am giving, as a grand prize, a full consultation for those that call, the first person that calls in, and that will be for the 6 o'clock Saturday night program and the 6 a.m. Thursday night program, and all the runner-ups that whoever calls in afterwards will get a mini-reading. And, of course, that will be on the emails that I send out. So if you want to subscribe, now is the time. Just grab the email uh, subscription, which is right on Talk Cosmos. You just click it, open it up. Voila, there you are. So perhaps I hope I've addressed all the missing threads here of importance, but Pisces is a most cu- a culminating time. So we will be talking tonight further about this, uh, the connections and the metamorphosis. That's actually, it's Pisces, it's Mercury retrograde in Pisces, connection and metamorphosis. The chart is just echoing this energy. So tonight I welcome again Madam Simon, who has been with us twice before this is her third occasion, and you can find all that out online. And Madam Simon is an astrologer and a tarot reader, a fine artist, and does most extraordinarily original, in-depth drawings of her paintings, I might say, or drawings, uh, artistic illustrations of the chart through Patreon. And just go to the website and you can there's an email there you can easily connect with Madam Simon. She's living now in the Northwest on Camino Island and it's very exciting her work. I just saw it. So any rate and I'll have Madam Simon mention maybe more about it, but I think now it's fair enough. Let's begin. Hello Simon, Madam Simon. Hello Sue. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Because it's not usual that people have that extraordinary gift to be able to take your essence and visualize it on paper and really 
how Piscean is that when we think of that it's communication, but it's film and it's also music and visual. Art, poetry, all of those things kind of fall under that uh, Piscean flavor. Yes, yes. Those vibrations that, well, music is vibrational. Well, we're right between the new moon and the full moon because they're every two weeks. And But today, really, besides being leap year, which doesn't have any real astrological significance, but still the factor that it is so involved with how we're rethinking our essence in a real Piscean fashion. You have lots on your mind. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> well, actually, um, in terms of any uh, notable astrological alignments, um, they happened yesterday. <laughs> ah. So that would actually be um, our Mercury and Pisces um, in a supportive sextile um, aspect to Uranus in Taurus. Okay. So that gives us this kind of, you know, extra electricity to our thoughts, this um, energized, um, uh, insightful, you know, sudden flashes of, of insight um, that can come with around us, um, as well as uh, a certain you know, orneriness, really, in terms of wanting to be a free thinker and have one's thoughts be one, one's own. And then the other key aspect that happened yesterday, and we're still feeling you know, both of these aspects, um, because they're still within um, the number of degrees needed to, to still be considered to be within the aspect. Um, the second of these two aspects is um, Venus uh, in Aries squaring, um, so that's a challenging aspect, with Pluto in Capricorn. Mm. Okay, And so Venus relates to how do we connect with each other? Um, what do we consider to be fun? What do we take pleasure in? Uh, you know, certainly goddess of love and beauty and all of that. Um, but I like to remind people Venus is most importantly about our values. Okay. Uh, you know, we don't connect well with people who don't share our same values. We don't, um, we don't tend to love somebody if we don't value them and value ourselves enough to get into a loving um, connection with them. And we don't consider ourselves to be wealthy if we don't value what we have, right? So um, so Venus at her core has to do with our values. And then Pluto, you know, right now in, in Capricorn, it's been in Capricorn for a while, Pluto deals with um, transformation um, with sometimes endings and then the beginnings that come out of those endings. Um, Pluto also deals with power, uh, power dynamics, um, and can deal also with big institutions, okay? Mm -hmm. And so um, for a lot of us right now, during this time, you know, for the past several years, Pluto has been in Capricorn and as has been talked about on this show, you know, Pluto has um, joined up with, had Saturn join up with him in Capricorn for a while. Yes, in January. January. Right. Tenth, right. Yeah. Actually, for my 50th birthday. Ooh. Um, that was the... Dynamic. Conjunction. <laughs> yes. Just a little bit of action. <laughs> um, and now, of course, Jupiter's joined in the fray as well. Um, so a whole lot of emphasis on 
uh, that Capricornian space and specifically on big transformations, um, sometimes very challenging transformations. And so now when you've got Venus in this um, challenging aspect with Pluto, there are challenges pertaining to relationship and connection and the values that are the underpinnings Mm. of those relationships. Okay. And so in combination with this uh, uh, Mercury-Uranus alignment, you've got this on one hand, yes, there are, are challenges to reconsider with regard to your relationships, but there's also this potential for insight to help galvanize and make those changes, those transformations that Pluto is known for, um, into something that actually serves relationships better. Authenticity, yes, with right. Uranus. That's beautiful. That's so important. It's really helpful. We have challenges. That's how we grow, as we know, and especially with Pluto, that is the soul growth planet, you might say, throwing out what isn't working anymore because it's not empowering us. Right. But it's not a simple affair. It's so true. It really is. Well, this is all happening against a kind of a backdrop of um, uh, Eris square Pluto. Oh, yes. Um, you know, which is an ongoing theme this year. Three times. Right. Major. Um, and so Venus right now is conjoining Eris. And one of the things that Eris, you know, Eris is, uh, is uh, goddess of discord. But what I actually like to really think of her as is... Um, the person who who calls BS on hypocrisy. <laughs> yes. She's really anti-hypocrisy. Punches those puffed up, well, this is, might be just the United States thinking, if I can even get it out real quick, but it's puff shirts. Right. It's like you take a big pin and go, boink. Well, it's, it's also more a matter of, you know, are you walking your talk? Yes. Okay. And so with this particular Venus-Pluto square... If we're harnessing Mercury retrograde's capacity to rethink, to reconsider, now that challenge is how do we apply that in a way that helps us to walk our talk when it comes to our relationships and when it comes to our values? You know, it's an, uh, unfortunately all too common that especially if we want to get along in relationships that sometimes we make compromises that in fact impact our values mm. that don't serve our values where very well. So now we are being challenged in a way that is saying, Hey, I want to connect and maybe we need to change our relationship in order to keep that connection. But we also have to do it in a way that is authentic to us both. Or to as many people are, are, as are involved in that relationship. Very important. Very important. Yes. Values. I was, there's, this is an, well, how can I say it here? I need to get it out. But it is a a concern that we're going to be uh, working on for the years that are, and this is astrology talk, that Uranus is in uh, Taurus because it's ruled by Venus. But right now it's really potent. I mean, it's really because life, we know these sometimes when it has a project, right? I'm just speaking uh, in an uh, allegory. 
our metaphor sense, but yet maybe um, to get a pathway through or to there's certain stages that we need to work on. And right now the stage is really an emphasis of, like you're mentioning, discarding what's not functioning, that's just dead and over with. That's that Plutonian sense. And, and reform these essential values. And so sometimes it's totally thinking outside of the box. I love the fact that you brought up freedom. Boy, is that true. It's sometimes just not even thinking of the box, but what's outside the box. Like one astrologer today was that I was listening to earlier this morning was Jason Hawley, as a matter of fact, who is from Santa Fe and a psychological astrologer, and commenting about the moving through the houses and the fact that at the nighttime emphasis of the chart, which is also studying different realms of the chart for traditional, but he wasn't thinking, and he's schooled in traditional, but he wasn't thinking of it that way. But the fact that he brought up that I just love, and this enters our thinking about values, is that we tend to think more on a solar, like a daylight value. The day has all its emphasis and of importance because it's what we can see. And it's not chaotic like the night in the sense where there isn't one major theme. There's many stars out there. There's light, but there's also shadows that are more strange. And that's the beauty of the night is it is that multiplicity, if I'm saying that word right, diversity. And so to recognize that it is more of the yin, the receptive, you know, the moon reflects the shadow, light from the sun, and, and the importance of that. And so somehow this feeds into just looking at one consideration of values, of how we measure our values. I think that's my, my point. And I think also... Um you know, we're in a space where we're, um, where we have a certain amount of willingness to do the work now. You know, um, it, I, Mar, uh, Mars and the Sun are still in a uh, supportive sextile aspect to each other. And so the Sun, of course, the light of consciousness, which is in Pisces, and so therefore, you know, is taking on some of the flavor of this, uh, of this Mercury retrograde transit and then it's you know in this sextile aspect to mars and capricorn and mars and capricorn is all about getting the work done and so um so here we have this this lovely potential to be able to make use of what insights we gain through reconsidering um you know there's also something that's going on right now where uh, chiron which is in aries um and uh, Chiron can relate to where we have a sense of injury that we gain wisdom from and can help other people with. And if we exercise compassion for both ourselves and others with regard to our area of wounding or, or, or sensitivity, um, that we can actually help other people sometimes better than we can help ourselves as a result of the wisdom gained. Yes. Um, and Teach or serve. Yeah, it's right. it's prominent, uh, you know, um, for a lot of teachers. It's prominent for a lot of doctors. It's prominent for people who wish to be of service in 
um, whatever area is being touched by Chiron in the chart. And um, I'm noting that Chiron is currently um, applying to a square with the nodal axis. It is. It's been uh, evident. For, yeah. You're right. I'm glad you threw attention to that. It's like, go ahead. And so, <laughs> it, you know, it's this, um, it's bringing more awareness of how, how we allow our wounding to distract us from our karmic purpose, from our dharma, from our path of what we are meant to be doing um, in this lifetime. That's interesting. Go ahead. I was thinking distraction because I was thinking also, yes, go ahead. Right. So when you have um, a planet in a, a square challenging aspect to the nodal axis, it can show something that it's a lesson that needs to be learned and, and that's important to our, our path, but we can, if we're not, if we're not uh, willing to really consciously engage us, then it can detract from that path. Oh, yes, I see. And so this is why I'm pointing it out, is that there is this need to simultaneously be aware of and compassionate toward our wounding, and at the same time, not allow that to pull us away from this karmic path that is going from, um, you know, kind of this uh, hierarchical, goal-driven mindset in Capricorn toward a um, emotionally sensitive and um, community-oriented uh, mindset, um, heart set, that is associated with cancer. Yes, which is a north node, which we're all going towards and I'm expanding a little bit just for our audience sake which some of you recognize but just to clarify with some of you why I might expound on that but this is so true and you know the point you're absolutely right with when something is in tension with where we're at collect and this is a collective uh, point these nodes these lunar nodes of, of, of the path of the of the moon around the, uh, as it connects with the orbit of the sun from where we've been and where we're heading so it's a choice you're right and I hadn't quite thought of that way of distracted by the wallowing when I don't know if that's the right word but by centering on the wound of itself which might be of how to measure it whereas if we look upon it as personalizing it which a lot has a lot to do with the cancerian energy and processing it and making it part of our story in a new way that can teach or serve and help us re-become another individuation of ourself. Because in Aries, which it is at beginning point, it wants to become, and it's constantly evolving. You know, it's a new growth process of its own self. So really it would be pinpointing, I suppose, that that rather than sit in judgment of oneself, oh my goodness, I'm not contributing to something that's measurable, realize that however we're connecting to our personal tribe or to our personal growth or self and, and nurturing is very productive at this time. Well, say? so I like to think of... Um when I'm looking at this, this Chiron in Aries, you know, when it's in these early degrees of Aries, um, 
So Aries relates so much to identity and personal will. Okay. And so when you're looking at Chiron and Aries, there can be this um, sense of wounding or, or sensitivity around who am I? Okay. How am I identifying myself? And how am I exercising my personal will? Um, and there's all kinds of baggage that can come with that. You know, for some people, it's, uh, it, it's a matter of feeling like, uh, you know, a sense of powerlessness, especially against uh, big uh, you know, generational societal forces like we see with uh, Pluto and Saturn in Capricorn. And especially okay. intention with our values that we were just bringing up. Yeah, right now it's kind of at a crisis. Right. And then, um, right. you know, and then for other people, there can be this sense of, you know, oh, I, I, I have uh, free will. I have identity, but I don't like what it is. Okay. Or I don't like how I'm, I have exercised it. Now, when you're looking at as being in this challenging relationship with that um, Capricorn Cancer axis of uh, the nodal axis right now, um, with Capricorn being where the south node is, where we are being encouraged to let go of, um, in particular, um, goals within the material realm and hierarchical thinking within the material realm, okay, and then to move toward um, the North Node in Cancer. Um, cancer, you know, is this kind of, it's represented by the crab. It's got this soft, squishy underbelly and this hard shell and claws to defend itself with because it knows it's tasty. It doesn't want to get eaten. <laughs> okay. And so there's this emotional sensitivity that goes with cancer and there can be this tendency towards self-protection. But when cancer is doing well, really well, it draws to itself Others with whom to be sensitive, to share sensitive, to connect on a heart level. And so North Node in Cancer has really been encouraging us to find our tribe and yeah. connect with our tribe. Um, it sure has. I can say that. Well, Madam Simon, thank you so much. This is at the half hour. We'll have a brief announcement. And you're listening to Talk Cosmos February 29th with... Mercury in retrograde, or not in retrograde, but it is in Pisces, and connection and metamorphosis, values, and ourselves. We'll be right back. Thank you. Do you have a question or something to contribute for today's Talk Cosmos program? If you're listening to the live show on Saturday, the phone lines are now open until 645 Pacific. Give us a call at 888-298-5569 to either join us on the air or we can write it down for you. Once again, that's 888-298-5569. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the yin period of Pisces, ruled modernly by Neptune and by Jupiter in traditional astrology of the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on the equality of all humans and brilliancy, 
Pisces concludes the 12 signs that energetically encompass the entirety of the universe where humans have no control. As a mutable water sign represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions of the forces of life, we experience in Pisces the collective unconscious energy of the unknown. Intuitive, psychic Pisces completes the seed cycle initiated with Aries' willful separation from the Piscean womb. Curious about how using the faces of the moon can take you deeper into consciousness? Join Leslie Francis, professional astrologer, intuitive, and author of the 2020 Llewellyn Sunsign book in a four-week webinar, Lunar Rhythms Part 2, that explores using the phases to go beyond the physical so you can amplify your intuition, initiate a powerful connection with the earth and the sky, and create a richer, healthier life. Delve into the special role played by the phase of the moon you were born under. Find out what to expect with each phase, its challenge, and the parts of your body energized by each phase. This webinar is open to anyone fascinated by the moon. Lunar Rhythms Part 1 is not a prerequisite, nor is a knowledge of astrology. Begins March 1st. You can register at unlockastrology.com. That's unlockastrology.com. Hi, this is Willie Bodrak, a retired expat from Seattle, now living in Mexico. You're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. Talk Cosmos, February 29th, and it's Saturday, and we're repeating this. If you're listening on Thursday, March 5th at 6 o'clock in the morning, and to remind people, this is our 99th show. We are culminating, and we're looking at a very fascinating archetypal cycle, which is Mercury, which does its retrograde three times a year, but this is for 2020, the first time, and it's in Pisces. And it is really strong with our connection and metamorphosis of values and thinking. And I wanted to mention that next week, once again, will be our 100th show. And that will be with, and so I am giving away a wonderful grand prize for a consultation. So listen in, because if you're the first call Either on the Saturday night or the Thursday morning, you will be the winner. You'll leave your email address, and then the runner-ups, they'll get mini-readings. And tonight, I am speaking with Madam Simon from Camano Island here in the Northwest. And you can certainly find everything about Madam Simon on Talk Cosmos, where you can also sign up for these emails. And we've been talking about so many aspects because really in Pisces, they are interconnected. But right now, the Pisces, you know, Madam Simon, I'm thinking when I look at this chart, the Piscean energy is so, oh, it, it, it's without the connections to these other energies, which I think you've brought up too. I know you have, but I'm just bringing it up to our audience now, is that it wouldn't go very far. We'd be sitting in a simplistic world. Pisces likes simplicity because it is, everything's there. Why add more? Um, or it could be overwhelming. But I, thankfully, there are ways in this, of, of the connections of, of these challenges, you might say, to make us 
step into new dimensions of, of, of clarifying things. And it, I'm often thinking of, because it's in, because, well, because we're centering as one of these triggers, you might say energetically, speaking of Mercury, that writing, whether it's poetry or uh Actually, songs are good, too. That's a good way for Pisceans to, you know, music. But I was listening to Julian Cameron this weekend. I splurged and listened to her, who wrote The Artist Way, and she preaches, you might say, very strongly or, or advocates very strongly, writing three pages a day in the morning before you can be awake. She makes her coffee cold at night, and then she drinks it in the morning. But in other words, before the brain has a moment to wake up, those first half hour, 40 minutes, and just release, release, vent, or whatever ideas. But somehow the idea of writing, and I tried that again. I used to. And I, then I was writing poetry because it did sort of expunge or whisk out from the brain cells all kinds of different emotions and feelings and connecting with them and then uh, gave some clarity. So I offer that as a tool to people. But there's dance. Dance is a great way to just get the body in motion if a person feels stuck. And I'm not thinking of any huge revelation at the moment, but just to offer a few little like ideas of how to shift the energy around, you know. Right. Um, well, we also have some opportunities, um, both with the aspects that we were talking about from yesterday that are still in effect today, um, but also moving into next week um, in terms of things that we can do um, to, uh, to, you know, work with our connections and work with how they're changing Good. You know, it's um, it's one thing to remember is that change is inevitable. It is the one constant of the universe. And so we can resist change, but that's kind of futile. It's going to happen. So uh, finding ways to move and flow with that change are going to be more helpful to us. Um, and so uh, let's see, moving into next week... Um, on the second, we see um, the first quarter moon in Gemini. So, um, you know, we had the new moon in Pisces recently. And um, the first quarter moon is kind of this first challenge to whatever um, intentions or ideas or beginnings of a cycle were planted at that new moon. Um and so I find it interesting that that's happening on the second and then on the third, we have this kind of um, uh, continuing reverberation of that Aries Capricorn challenge with Venus in Aries squaring Saturn in Capricorn. So in a challenging aspect with Saturn in Capricorn um, and then Black Moon Lilith um, mean uh, conjoins uh, Chiron in Aries, okay? Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of this, uh, this uh, little 
hint there about um, as opposed to looking at what Chiron says with regard to our wounding, that that somehow identifies us as damaged. Black Moon Lilith is very much about embracing who we are, warts and all. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and actually being willing to look at parts of, of ourselves that we might have previously denied or that other people have judged and say, you know what? Those parts are legitimate. Those parts are fine the way they are. I accept them the way that they are. I accept my identity even if I have previously seen it as wounded, damaged, etc. And so I really think that this is a good key to understanding how to work with this um, Chiron square the nodes, period. And at the same time, when we're looking at that reverberation of the Aries Capricorn square, first with, you know, Venus and Aries square Pluto in Capricorn yesterday, and then Venus and Aries square Saturn in Capricorn in a few days from now, okay, you know, uh, Pluto deals with transformation, Saturn deals with limitation boundaries but also our fears you know and there's this need to to examine what we're afraid of and not from this standpoint of you know judging ourselves for it but rather remember venus is connective so even if she's in a challenging aspect she's going to try to connect how do we connect with our fears and our insecurities and embrace the whole of ourselves with those fears and insecurities and move forward from this authentic place, even knowing, yeah, we've got these things we're afraid of, we've got these things that are difficult to navigate. Um, you know, and Saturn, when he's really digging his heels in, I mean, he's the Lord of Boundaries. So there can be this, you know, oh, I want to halt the connection. Okay, that's, that's when he's not doing so well with that Venus square. But, you know, if we're willing to see that, yes, we've got these areas that are not perfect, we've got these areas that are challenging for us, but we still have an overall drive to connect. We're social beings. And how do we find the healthiest way to do that? I like your reminder about Black Moon Lilith. And I didn't mention earlier in the bio that this is an area that you love to study. And so every talk wonderfully brings her in who is so necessary and liberating. This is what I love when I jotted that down as a thought with hearing you speak is that this liberation, which goes along with the whole theme right now with Iran is wanting our authenticity and the values, but to through liberating ourselves through loving ourselves. Yes. So that that's so wonderful. Instead of being judgmental, more assessing in a constructive way, maybe where our weaknesses are, maybe where our strengths are, and looking at goals rather than just fear. Because everything, well, not ev- well. What I meant to say is, is that Capricorn is wonderful with goals. You know, getting those steps instead of just being shattered by oh fear. You know, which no laughing matter really. It's it's part of our natures of as being people we, we experience these feelings but remedying it with the loves for ourselves and accepting that's very fundamental so i'm glad to hear this being brought up 
Well, it's, I think it's no accident, you know, even as I'm talking about this, um, Chiron is currently almost exactly 30 degrees from Uranus. Mm. Okay, so when you're talking about liberation in relation to loving and accepting ourselves, there's also that liberation that comes from facing our wounds with compassion. Yes, being a friend. Well, yeah. compassion is related to many of that. That is so important. Okay, and then on the 4th of next week, Mercury, who is in retrograde motion, right, is moving back into Aquarius. Um, and so um, shortly after he moves back into Aquarius, he's going to sextile Venus and Aries. So he's going to be in that supportive aspect with Venus. Okay, so our thought and communication that we're reconsidering, retrying, redoing, whatever it is, we're re, the re word. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, is Reunite. supporting, yeah, reuniting, supporting our connective values-oriented impulses, our, our, that desire. And then, right after that, Venus is going to enter her home sign of Taurus. You That's know, comfortable. Well, it is, except for she's going to be heading to that, uh, into a conjunction with uh, Uranus. So she's going to get electrified in her home territory. Yes, yeah. hopefully if we open our consciousness, which has a lot to do with Mercury, because that's a main instigator here of connection, um, we'll be prepared to receive some of that illumination, you might say, right. of thought and feeling, because it is illuminating. And also, I suppose, to, to concentrate on different tools, Again, you know, I'm, we mentioned the poetry, we mentioned movies, even watching movies. And we were discussing this earlier ourselves. I saw the wonderful Skywalker Star Wars movie, maybe a bit late. Most people probably have seen it by now, but I did manage to see it last night. And, of course, movies are tremendous for channeling deeper messages in all their layers, depending. And certainly that is one that manages to have quite a storyline. So what I'm getting at, whether one watches movies or dances or listens to music or does their poetry, there's ways to open up and integrate the feelings and thoughts. Right. I would also like to um, uh, give us a little reminder of something that can help us with the Plutonian transformation theme that is ongoing. Um, which is that Vesta, who is uh, one of the, the goddess asteroids, Vesta is currently in a lovely trine um, supportive aspect with Pluto coming from Taurus. Now, Vesta relates to our focus. What, where do we kindle and keep our eternal flame? Okay, she's goddess of the hearth. And so in Taurus, Vesta is reminding us to stay in touch with the earth, to get grounded in the earth and our bodies and, you know, and how do we nourish ourselves um, and how, 
How do we manage our resources? Not from this kind of, you know, grasping scarcity mentality, but rather this space of, of cultivating our safety and our security needs us to be focused on lovingly tending the earth. Mm. Our transformation with Pluto may be really challenging, but if we get out there and we put our feet on the ground on a regular basis, if we tend to the earth, if we're mindful of of being loving of the earth as she's going through difficult changes with climate change and all of that, that we can find a way to move forward through difficult times ourselves by reconnecting with our earth and with our bodies and with our grounded selves. And especially during Pisces time, which can have us feeling like we're floating in a fog somewhere. (laughs) It's really helpful literally to go out and put your feet on the ground, you know, take off your shoes and let yourself feel the soil. Oh, it's perfect. Pisces, the wild, it's the untamed, it's the totality. Oh, this is it. Madam Simon, yes. And in fact, somebody was just reminding me about forest bathing, listening to whomever, and, and that it's because there's a lot of people now that live in the cities. There always have been. I mean, you go back into ancient history, there were thousands of people in a town. But still, the outside the town's not nearly as urbanized as we are today. So forest bathing. But this, this is absolutely imperative that people integrate to nature because it reminds me, too, here I w- we've been thinking about what people can do. People can do. Wait a minute. We live on planet Earth, Gaia, with animals of every description. That's amphibians and reptiles and fish, besides the mammals and the insects. And we live with nature and all its flora, fauna, flowers. Oh, boy. You hit a, hit a nerve. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I sure welcome that. It's to remind the unity of life that we are responsible for it, we relate to it, we, we depend on it, not just to use it, but resourceful. And again, that has to do with values, our, resor- our resources, and how do we exchange them in a productive, sustainable way. Right, and also um, a recognition that we don't just learn and grow through, say, our brains. Um, we learn and grow through the whole of the organism that we are. Um, and of course, part of why connecting with reconnecting physically with the earth is especially important at this time is, of course, because Pisces rules the feet. Oh, yes. And so during a Pisces, you know, uh, a Mercury retrograde through Pisces, if we feel it all adrift, a great way to not feel so adrift is to reconnect with the earth through our feet. Oh, you know, my favorite <laughs> thing in the world is to run on the beach barefoot. Mm. Oh, in the surf, just splashing. And oh, my goodness. And a lot of people, you know, around the globe live, of course, on beaches. I mean, that's the primary, whether it's ports or beaches, there's a huge population. Oh, I, if you're running in the beach this week, Week, do think of me, please. <laughs> oh, 
that's just delightful and a good reminder. Gee, I wonder if they'll ever have little plots of grass. You know, people have their little potted plants, but I think maybe I'll get a little flat pot and put some grass on it just in my house. Of course, it needs more sun probably. And then I could put my little feet on it all the time. <laughs> Not a great idea. A nice little grassy footstool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, a grassy footstool. Yeah. Gosh. Well, you know, thinking of that it reminds me of the idea of having a house where you had like a moat inside the house with a little bridge. You're in the water seeing the fish swim. All these dreams, Piscean dreams. Your point of integrating body and brain senses beyond because we possess so much more than we can define. We know this. And I, maybe that's too what the Mercury retrograde is saying in Pisces. Can you elaborate? Well, it could get really strange. <laughs> <thinking>. <laughs> It could get strange thinking of like, well, where are the vibrations coming from, you know, the outer space or or just energies. But I think really it's just that the heart knows more than what consciously we are always in touch with. Mm. And so by connecting somehow with, and that somehow is a big word, we've already illuminated a bit the different ways. Well, through the body, just the feet. That's a great example. Or turning on the music but that we get connections and how we connect. I mean, just looking at this planet, because the idea of astrology is get off the paper. That's our little map, like a prescription that we can look at things, but really it's the sky, it's the universe, it's the totality of what we live in. It's also our embodied experience. Mm, um, and I'd like to, to leave us with that um, it, because right now, as we are speaking, Pluto is being trined, a nice supportive flowing aspect, um, by the moon in Taurus. And of course, the moon relates to our instincts. And in Taurus, the moon, you know, our instincts and our emotions, okay? And in Taurus, um, those instincts and emotions are connected both with the earth and with our embodied experience, our physical experience, our relationship with our resources and our planet, okay? And so when we're looking at how are we experiencing the changes in our lives right now, how are we experiencing our relationships, how are we experiencing the ways in which those are being transformed, whether we want it or not, we need to look first to how are we physically feeling these things? What is our embodied experience of these things and our instincts and emotions surrounding that? You know, sometimes it's, it's easy to get too caught up in our heads, too caught up in thinking about these things rather than really, really getting into the experience Visceral. of them. Visceral, yeah, yeah, that experience. Listening to you, I, I hear that. <laughs> you know, that's very true. It is absolutely the integration of it, which words, they are a mental uh, process. So here we are, but we're remembering to 
incorporate the embodiment, which is a fabulous word, that word I'm going to embroider in the thoughts of my brain. That's great. And resources and relationships. And I'm thinking it's that, well, we talked about the tribal group, but really looking at this emphasis with the Iranian, you know, it is really to may not be an Aquarius, but it's still that element of our elevating the the purpose of of freedom is to elevate uh, and improve. There is a, that improvement general focus and for the betterment of, of a big community. The evolution of the individual is a means to the evolution of humanity. Yes, exactly. The brotherhood of people. The brotherhood of people, which going forwards or backwards, but between the Aquarian and the Piscean energies, and then, you know, just going around the horoscope and Zodiac and then the Aries, I mean, looking at Pisces on either side of it, you know, the individuated person that's part of the whole of Pisces that's also of the community. You said it so beautifully. (laughs) But of the the brotherhood of of ourselves. And so Pisces really... Push come well. I won't use the English uh, vernacular. I, I get so didn't realize I had so many little cliches of thought. So I'm trying to I you know define it better. But really, the brotherhood that says it that of the unity of of, of peoplehood. Mm-hmm. Well, not just peoplehood, but unification. With our planet yes, and with uh, everything on the planet. Remember, Pisces does not distinguish by it's species. <laughs> no, it's the wild. And speaking of Lilith, I mean, she is the lady who definitely helps us guard that factor. Madam Simon, this has been marvelous. Now, we have a few minutes, and I do remember, I must say, that next week we have our Cosmic Collaboration Panel And we will be talking on our 100th show for the last show of the Piscean archetype. And we have a title called Focused, Not Focused, which is like so Piscean because it is the whole. You have to sort of shift your view a little bit as to what you're really looking at. So it'll be interesting. But remember, tune in because if you call in, we are giving as a thank you to your wonderful listenerships a grand prize of a consultation and runner-ups of uh, many readings. And Madam Simon, remember to look her up online on my Talk Cosmos to connect. She has an email because she does these wonderful astrologically motivated, integrated, visual creations. Madam Simon, it's been delightful. Likewise, Sue. Till again, folks, and blessings to you all. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.